Good morning. Welcome to Sure Foundation Church. I'm Pastor John. So glad that you're with us today. Here's a word from the Lord for you, and your heart is going to be encouraged and lifted today. Thanks again for joining us. We're going to open up with the word of God, and then we'll go into prayer, and then right into the message this morning. We're going to go over here to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 10 through the end of the chapter, and then 15 verses into Deuteronomy chapter 31. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It says, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou should say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thy heart turn away, so that thou will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passed over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. And Moses went and spoke these words unto all Israel and he said unto them, I am 120 years old today. I can no more go out and come in. Also." The Lord has told me, thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go before thee. He will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did unto Sihon and Og and king of the Amorites, unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may do unto them according unto all the commandments that you may do unto them according to unto all the commandments which i have commanded you be strong and of a good courage fear not nor be afraid of them for the lord thy god he it is that goes with thee and will not fail thee nor forsake thee hallelujah this is going to tie into today's message Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that goes with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for you must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto your fathers to give them, and shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is, that does go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests of the sons of Levi, which they were the ones that bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them saying, at the end of every seven years in the sovereignty of the year of release in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Hallelujah. We need to read the word out loud. 
gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land whither you go over Jordan to possess it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, your days approach that you will die. So call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation that I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. And here we go, verse 15. And it says, and the Lord appeared in the tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. Wow, the Lord showed up. Father, we just pray right now. Thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the teacher of the word of God. You are the instructor. You are the revealer of the present truth of the word of God, of the right now revelation. Lord, we ask you to speak unto us this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask you to cause the hearts and the minds of those under the sound of my voice, whenever, wherever they are, Lord, I, however they're listening, Father, I thank you that you would settle their hearts and their minds right now, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that if they've been struggling in their minds, if they've been able to, they've been unable to still their minds, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would still their minds right now, that you would cause their hearts to be made at ease right now. And I give you glory, Father God, that they would be in a quiet place, Lord, that they would be able to hear your voice and quietness and confidence, they would receive the strength of the Almighty. And I thank you, Lord God, that they will be lifted, that their hearts will be encouraged, that they will be inspired. We thank you, Lord God, that they will be taught in the word of the Lord and that they would be uh, at peace because great peace have all they that are in love with your word and nothing can offend them. They cannot be offended. We, we thank you, Father God, right now as we go forth in the word, that it will be all of you and none of me. And I just thank you, Spirit of God, that you are the spirit of truth, revealing unto us the secrets of the tabernacle. And now, Lord, behold the threatenings of the enemy, but grant unto your servant that with all boldness, I will open up my mouth to make known the mystery of the gospel. As I stretch forth your hand to heal, as I lift up my voice that you would speak through me, that signs and wonders might be done by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're in agreement with that prayer, then say amen this morning. Amen. Welcome to Shore Foundation Church, New Jersey. I'm Pastor John. I'm so glad that you're with us this morning. You can visit us online at shorefoundationchurchnj.org. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube at Shore Foundation Church NJ and on Instagram at Shore Foundation Church. We encourage you to download the podcast to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And every time a message is available, you can go in and you can feed on the word of God and, and let your heart be encouraged. These are days that our hearts really need to be encouraged in the word of God. We have pandemic, we have um, sickness, there's disease, there's, uh, you know, there's lack, there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty. There's, my Lord, there's under, underwater uh, volcanoes. Um, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. And we're going to continue the message this week. We're going to continue with last week's message. This will be part two of how God has given you freedom from fear. And, you know, one thing about life and uh, one thing about uh, the, the, the days that we are in now is that Jesus is still Lord and God is good and his word works and God's favor is resting richly on his people. But what the enemy would like to do is cause you to miss what God is saying and get you off the broadcast of the spirit of God that says that God is good and his word is working and his faith is moving and his spirit is, is, is uh, empowering his people. You know, the, the enemy wants to, to move you off of God's broadcast and he wants to flip it so that you are more on the broadcast of what's going on in the world so that, so that, the, so that the enemy can work his fear into you. And so we're gonna talk about how God wants you free from fear. We know that the, the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of God is, there is liberty. And when the spirit of God shows up, 
if we allow the spirit of God to have his way, we can't walk in fear. The, Jesus came so that we could be free from fear. He, get, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. So we're just going to define fear real quickly. Uh, just a quick review from last week. Uh, because uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what is fear? Fear is an unpleasant emotion. Uh, it's, it is unpleasant. And it's caused by a belief that something is out to get us, that something is dangerous. Um, a lot of times we can get a spirit of fear if uh, based on our past experiences, you know? So maybe somebody is listening and, um, you know, in your childhood, you know, you, you, your parents weren't approachable. And if your parents weren't approachable, um, what I mean by that is if you went to your parents, maybe you felt like you couldn't talk to your parents. And, and if you did, you know, you were, you were turned back, you were rejected. Well, that, that experience, that negative experience and the pain associated with it, that can cause a spirit of fear to be in you. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a spirit of rejection Really, the underlying source of the spirit of rejection is the spirit of fear. You know, it's, it's fear. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that what happened to me last time is going to happen again. You know, so now I'm afraid. And when we are afraid, that's not only is that an unpleasant emotion, not only does it cause us to behave in an irrational way, but it can put us in jail and cause us to miss out on, on a, a possible blessing that's at hand. But we're, we're afraid to knock on the door because the last time we knocked on that door, somebody, somebody ate us up. You know, somebody rejected us and they slammed the door in our face. So now we don't even want to approach the door anymore. That's the spirit of fear. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that something is dangerous. Something is unpleasant. Something is going to cause pain. There's a threat. You know, what happened to me last time? If I go up to this door again, Pastor John, it's going to happen again. I just know it. That's the spirit of fear. And the spirit of fear is threatening. The spirit of fear is intimidating. The spirit of fear wants to lord over you, wants to bogard you. It wants to, to, uh, to uh, arrest you, wants to, wants to come up behind you and, and, and clench your, your arms and put you in jail and, and make you just sit there and be still and take it. That's the spirit of fear. And the spirit of fear can also cause some anxiety. Spirit of fear um, will, 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 will make you um, more conscious of the possibility of something negative happening than more aware that, that God has given us authority over the spirit of fear. And if the Lord is with us, who can successfully be our enemy, right? So that's what the spirit of fear is. You know, fear is the likelihood that something unwelcome is about to happen, right? And we need to define fear because when we define it, the more we talk about it, the more the spirit of God is working in you right now, but however you're listening to this message, as you drive, the spirit of God is giving you, he's uncovering and he's showing you where that spirit of fear is in your life. Because once you identify it, then we can judge that spirit of fear and we can resist it. You know, God wants us to resist our true enemy. And for many under the sound of my voice, our true enemy is the spirit of fear. Now I hear the spirit of God moving. So now we got to jump ahead uh, this was something that I had planned later on in the message, but we got to jump ahead and move forward because the spirit of God wants us to address this right now. So in Hebrews chapter two, this is what it says in Hebrews chapter two and verse 14. It says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. We know who that is. That is that devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I want to turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 because this is talking about you and I. It says, for as much then as you and I are partakers of flesh and blood, as much then as you and I are people, the word of God says that Jesus himself took part of this same flesh and blood. Now we got to talk about this for a second because we're talking about how God wants you to be free from fear. And we know that the author of fear in the negative sense, we defined the difference last week between the fear of God and the fear that we're talking about. The fear of God, the word of God says, that's the beginning of wisdom. God wants you to have that. But the fear of death, the fear of 
of something unknown, the fear of danger, the fear of, uh, you know, that, that unpleasant emotion that comes from something negative that happened before and you're afraid it's going to happen again. That is not of God. That's of the devil, right? And we got to talk about this because, yes, the devil is real. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you know, some people, they, they make the devil bigger than he is. And then other people act like there is no devil, right? But the word of God says there is a devil. There is a deceiver of the nations. There is someone that came in the beginning in the beginning of us in the garden with you know in the garden of eden you know where adam and eve were able to walk with god in the cool of the day there was someone that interrupted that there was a spirit of fear that came in that took the healthy fear that that adam and eve had for almighty god as their father he took that 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 healthy fear and he brought some other kind of fear in that's what the devil does he wants to bring in his kind of fear which is dark right? And when, when the devil's version of fear came in, not the fear of God that caused Adam and Eve to walk with God in the cool of the day, but when this dark fear came in, all of a sudden, Adam and Eve wanted to hide themselves from God. All of a sudden, because they ate of that garden that they were not supposed to, they, they had, that fear came in, and now all of a sudden, they're hiding from God, you know? And, and so, but we need to understand that there is a real devil but there is a real almighty God. And the word of God says that he himself took part of the scene. He became flesh and blood, just like you and I. And he did it with a purpose in mind. The purpose was so that he could come in with this flesh and blood like he has, like we have. And so that he could die on purpose so that he could destroy the one that had the power of death. Meaning Jesus came and put on flesh and blood and was just like you and I and was subject to the same sufferings that you and I are subject to. And the word of God says he made himself obedient unto death so that he could on purpose overpower death. Meaning Jesus came and he beat the devil at his own game. And the area that the devil is the most strong in, Jesus made himself subject to the enemy and then overpowered him on purpose. Now, why is this relevant, Pastor John? Because we're talking about how God has given us freedom from fear Verse 15 says the other purpose, that aside from the fact that, that God delivered us from the power, that Jesus, um, uh, through death, destroyed him that had the power of death. Aside from the fact that Jesus destroyed the devil, already done, past tense, the word of God says in verse 15, he also delivered them, that's you and I, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage and we said last week that in the word you know in the word of god uh this word fear is the word uh in the greek it's phobos you know it's the word that we get phobia and when we think of phobia people have all kinds of phobias some phobias may seem rational and some may seem irrational depending on what that phobia is some people might have a phobia of uh even before the pandemic some people have a phobia of just germs some people, you know, they don't want to touch anything. They don't want to touch anybody. They don't want to be too close to anybody. I, I forget. I don't, I'm not sure what phobia you call that. But there are many phobias. There are phobias about food. There are phobias about uh, getting on airplanes. People have phobias about heights. But phobia is exactly what it sounds like. It's fear. It's to be afraid. It's a sense of alarm and fright. And it's in the negative sense. You know, it's not the same fear as reverential because we can see how good, how glorious, how magnificent. How, how much splendor and glory our God is full of. That's more of a fear of an awe-inspiring fear. That is a reverential fear because of God's goodness and his glory and his splendor. But no, this fear, this phobos, this is different. This is alarm. This is fright. This is uh, uh, something that makes you shrink back. You know, when, when we get into the presence of God, we fear God but it's, but we don't shrink back. You know, it makes us want to worship him, makes us want to glorify him. But this word phobos this is something else. This is circumstances. This is a person. This is a relationship. This is, you know, a, a, an evil report about your body. This is lack in your finances. This causes alarm. This causes fright. It's a phobia and it's an exceeding. And the word of God says, the other definition for this word fear is terror. It's terror. It's dread. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, that, that discomfort that comes with knowing that something is too ready to strike, 
okay? And why are we talking about this? Because the word of God says right here in Hebrews chapter two, uh, chapter two and verse 15, that Jesus came to deliver us from that fear. He came to deliver us from that phobia, from that um, dread, from that sense of, 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 uh, of, of just overwhelming terror. Um, and the word of God says that he came to deliver us from fear because fear comes with something. Fear comes with a, a, um, a, a bondage, you know? It says that deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And that's why God wants you to be free from fear this morning is because the spirit of God knows that that fear comes with bondage. It comes with you having, uh, being restricted. It comes with you having a sense that you can't move. It, you know, fear wants to make you stuck. You know, you can have a fear in relationship because of past hurts from previous relationships, you know, to where this person that you're in relationship right now with, you know, it doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. It could just be a friendship. This person is a completely different person from the person that hurt you in the past. But because of that hurt that was very real in the past, you may have a fear of being vulnerable with this, with this person that's in your life right now, this friend that's in your life right now. You don't want to trust them because the last time you trusted them, the door was slammed in your face and it hurt. It was slammed in your face and it crushed you. And now you have this other person and you're afraid that door might be slammed again. And what, what Jesus does is he comes and he says, fear not. We see that all throughout the word. God is telling us to fear not. There's a reason why the Lord tells us to fear not. But God is telling us all throughout the word, fear not, because he knows most importantly that if we fear, we're going to be bound up. If we fear, we're not going to want to go back to that door. And there is a there is a blessing behind that door. There is encouragement behind that door. There is somebody that actually loves you behind that door. But fear will bind you up. It will arrest you. It will restrict you. It will make you shrink back and recoil until not only are you afraid to go to the door, you won't even go near the door. And there might be a blessing there for you that you're missing out. And so as a result, we go years just and subject to bondage. And Jesus came to deliver us from that fear that results in us being bound. It says in verse 14, I got to read it again. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver you, deliver me, who through the fear of death, all our lives, we were subject, we were put under bondage. We were made a slave to a thing that we can't even see. All our lives, we were made slaves in our minds to something that somebody else can't even tell is there. It's the spirit of fear. It's that spirit of phobia and that spirit of dread and alarm and fright. It's that spirit of terror. God has not given us a spirit of terror. You know, um, there was a, a, in a, a recent news uh, the other day of um, a, a, a hostage situation down in the synagogue in Texas. You know, that terror, that fear, you know, that's what the enemy does. He wants to come in and try to make those people who were in that synagogue feel like, I need to stay at home. I can't go and worship God. I can't go worship in the temple. We can't go and prepare the services so that we can stream them live for all the other folks who can't make it, you know, for COVID reasons or anything. I don't want to go to the synagogue because, you know, there we, we got, we, we can't even go to the synagogue. There's a spirit of terror there. Somebody trying to bring a hostage situation. Thank God all the hostages were out and released and free, but that's what the spirit of fear does. It wants to restrict and God wants you and God wants me to say no to fear. He wants us to resist the spirit of fear. And so, and, and, and say, you know, the spirit of God is calling me to go. I'm going to go, you know, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be dismayed for the Lord. My God is with me wherever I go, whatever I do, the Lord is with me. I don't have to dread. I don't have to fear. I don't have to be in terror. I don't have to be alarmed. I don't have to be a fright because the spirit of God is with me. God has given you authority over the spirit of fear. God has given me authority over the spirit of fear. We said last week that, Jesus, that uh, the apostle Paul, he wrote a letter, or a letter to, the, uh, to, uh, to Timothy. Timothy was 
is uh, Paul was Timothy's mentor. And we said last week that Timothy, he was a little bit timid, you know, that kind of sounds like his name, timid Timothy. You know, he was a little bit timid, but the spirit of God put something in him. He was young. He was not very experienced. He was a little bit timid. He was a little bit subject to intimidation. You know, maybe he was bullied growing up. Maybe he was bullied by, you know, people who were a little older than him. Um, maybe he was intimidated by even some of the other apostles, you know, who knows? And to where the spirit of God was trying to, would try to work in him and he would shrink back. And so as a result, this letter was written to Timothy by the apostle Paul. And it says in 2 Timothy chapter one and verse three, I thank God who I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing, I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. I greatly desire to see you again, Timothy, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance, Timothy, the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Now we said last week that the opposite of fear is faith, meaning the enemy can work in your life if there's fear that is unchecked. If, if you allow yourself, and we're gonna get, get ahead of myself, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but if you allow yourself to be subject to fear, whatever it is, somebody's afraid of school, somebody's afraid of their future, somebody might be afraid of the fact that they're not sure what they're supposed to do in life. Some people might be afraid of something, some appointment that's coming this week. You know, somebody's afraid of an evil report that they got from the doctor the last time they went, a diagnosis, you know, and, and whatever that fear is, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but God wants you to face that fear. He wants you to take authority over that spirit of fear. And that taking authority over the spirit of fear, that starts with the inside making a conscious choice. I will not be afraid. And I said that to say this, in verse five of first of second Timothy chapter one, the apostle Paul tells Timothy that he has an unfeigned faith. That word unfeigned means it's true, means it's uncontaminated, it's pure, you know? And it's a faith that God gave Timothy and he said that this faith was in him. And I just told you that faith is the opposite of fear, that if faith is working in your life, then that means Jesus is working in your life. But if fear is working in your life, whatever area that fear is, that's an area where the enemy can get in and he can work, right? So faith is important. We need faith not just to do what God has called us to do. No, you need faith just to live. You need faith to believe God that when you get to work on Monday, that and you get presented with whatever issues and with, with, and, with, and with whatever problems that you have to deal with as a part of your job, you need faith to believe that God's going to empower you to figure it out. God's going to empower you to be strengthened, to take care of that problem. He's going to empower you to, to, to lord over that problem and to, and to be effective with, with taking care of it. You know, God, you know, when the spirit of faith is in you, the spirit of faith empowers you by the Holy Ghost, and because, and it's a sign that Jesus is with you. But when there's fear, that's a sign that the enemy is trying to work in your life. And, you know, this, this unfeigned faith that the word of God says that Timothy had, you know, in this letter that Paul wrote, Paul says that, you know, you didn't get it just, you know, out of nowhere. He said it was in your grandmother, Lois, and Lois handed it down to your mother, Eunice. Hallelujah. This is powerful. You know, and, and, you know, God is so good because when we see things like this in the word, the Lord is trying to talk to us, you know, he's trying to let you know that whatever uh, good things that he's given you in your life, you're, you're special, but you're not that special. God has given everybody something good, but also if there's something bad in your life, you don't need to feel like you're the only one. There've been other people that have had bad things in their life, things that they've had to deal with things that are uncomfortable, things that, you know, they're frustrating. You know, I am certain with all my heart that as much as Timothy knew he was gifted, the word of God says, you know, and other, uh, you know, in the previous book that there was a gift that was given unto Timothy when the apostles laid their hands on him, you know? So there's something that he knew he was gifted. He knew that the faith of God was in him. He knew his mother was full of the spirit of God. He knew his grandmother was full of the spirit of God. But at the same time, he knew that there was a spirit of intimidation that liked to stalk him. And it just seemed like he would be doing what God called him to do and in faith. And all of a sudden, there would be something talking to him. 
in the back of his head saying, you're not going to make it this time. You know, you, you're going to, when you get up, get up to share the word of God and, and preach what Paul told you to preach to these people over here, they're not going to listen. They're going to kick you out. And it would make Timothy shrink back. So the spirit of God would encourage him through these letters that Paul would write. And Paul saw it. Paul saw that he had this faith that God had given him, this gift that God had given him that Jesus was working through. But Paul also saw that this fear thing was always trying to mess with Timothy, always trying to pull him back, always trying to, to, to humble him in the negative sense, always trying to, to bring him down when the Lord was trying to bring him up, that spirit of fear. That's what the spirit of fear does. The spirit of fear wants to bring you down. It wants to bring you down on the inside. And Jesus came to make you free from fear. And so the Apostle Paul says in verse six, I'm, I, I remind you, Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Verse seven says, for God has not given you that spirit of fear, Timothy. That's not of God. You know, and God, this is important for you to know, you know, if you are in the sound of my voice, the word of God. So we said it last week in the book of Proverbs. We said there are a few verses in the book of Psalm talks about um, the, the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Hallelujah. We said that last week. And so when we talk about the fear of God, that fear is the beginning of your wisdom. That is the elementary of to your understanding of almighty God to know that God is large and God is in charge. God is big. God, it can't be measured. God made everything. God is, is, is the creator of all things. He's the highest of the high. That's the beginning of all of our wisdom. You know, a child can understand that when we talk about almighty God, when you explain God's goodness and his mercy and his favor and his love and the fact that he made everything, that is the beginning of all of our wisdom. And as a matter of fact, the word of God says that if you can't, take that, if you can't take that understanding, then the word of God says in your heart, you are foolish. You are simple in your heart. If you can't understand that, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I don't need the wisdom of God. That's the fool. That's a simple person. That's somebody that lacks wisdom. So that means it's possible for somebody who is of great intelligence and well-read, the word of God says for them to be more simple than a child, because the word of God says, that the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of knowledge. And verse six says, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou store up the gift of God, which is in me, put it in my hands. Verse seven says, God has not given us this spirit of fear, Timothy. You know, God doesn't want you to be intimidated. This spirit of fear, this phobia fear, this terror fear, this word actually means timidity. You know, it means cowardice, you know, cowardice and being timid, that comes from something else trying to intimidate us something else that we are afraid of that we are afraid it's going to cause pain we are afraid that it's dangerous that it's going to hurt us you know and we are afraid of that hurt we're afraid of that feeling of hurt and you know the ultimate uh source of the spirit of fear is that we're going to be having to endure some kind of pain or some kind of terror or some kind of dread you know all those things are one thing but have to go but to have to go through it alone that's something else. And that's where God doesn't want you to, to be in fear because we see all throughout the word and we're gonna see some scripture that God is not giving you a spirit of fear. He says, fear not, I am with thee. God says, fear not because I'm with you. If I'm with you, you don't need to be afraid. If the spirit of God is with you, hallelujah. If God is with, is with Peter while he's out there on the water trying to walk on it, if Jesus is right there, that Peter really doesn't have to fear. That's why Peter got out of the boat because Jesus was right there, right? Now, if Jesus wasn't there, Peter wouldn't have got out of that boat, but Jesus was right there. And the word of God says, fear not, I'm with you. If the Lord is with you, we don't have to fear. Verse seven says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, those are our three pillars for walking free from fear is to remember the power of God, to remember how awesome God is. Whatever it is that is making you afraid, God has power that can address that thing. It doesn't matter what it is. If you are afraid of your relationship today, if you are afraid of some negativity that's going on in your finances, if you're afraid of some sickness in your body, the spirit of God says he hasn't given you that spirit of fear, 
He doesn't want that thing to intimidate you. God is telling you right now, don't be intimidated about the fact that you don't know how you're going to pay for that. Don't be intimidated. Don't you know you know the Lord? Don't you know that he is your father? God made everything. Hallelujah. Whatever God desires to make, he said, let there be. And there was. Hallelujah. So if you don't have it today, but you have almighty God, then you don't need to be afraid because you have almighty God. The Lord will say, let there be, and there will be. Whatever it is that you need, it's already here somewhere. The spirit of God will make it come to you, but we can't be afraid. God doesn't want us to be afraid because if we're afraid, then we'll stop moving. We'll stop gravitating toward, toward what God, if God has, you know, this, this thing for me, you know, God has this gift for me and he knows that this gift is here for me. But because the last time I saw something that looked like this and it didn't work out, I didn't get it or I touched it and it burned, you know, or I tried to pick it up and it was sharp and it cut me. And as a result, I don't want to go back to this. I don't want to go back to anything that looks like this. But the spirit of God is saying, this is a, there's a gift here. If I allow, it's not this thing that hurt me, that, that's hurting me right now. It's the spirit of fear that's telling me what happened last time is going to happen again. God wants you to be free from that spirit of fear because there's something here that's good. There's something here that God has given me that he wants me to receive. And if I'm allowing the spirit of fear to reign in my life, to bring that, that, that uncertainty, that unpleasant emotion of terror and of dread and of a negative sense for my safety, well, then I'm not, I'm going to be paralyzed. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near this. I don't want to go near this because it's going to happen again. God wants us to be free from that spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. That's the devil. That, that's the enemy that wants to make you shrink back and recoil and, and wants to arrest you, wants to intimidate you, wants to bind you up. So you can't move. That's the spirit of fear. And, but, but God has not given you that. God has given you a sense of his power. But he's also giving you his love. And on top of that, he's giving you a sound mind. And we know the power of God. You know, God's given you his miraculous power, his signs and wonder power, his power that doesn't make any sense. That also means his inward ability. It also means a virtue that God has given you that lives on the inside of you. The power of God that God has given you, he's put on the inside of you and he won't take it back. So you don't have to fear, but on top of that, God has given you his love. And, you know, we saw this scripture last week. I'm going to turn back real quick in 1 John chapter 4. We saw this in 1 John chapter 4. It talks about how, you know, if we know the Lord, we believe that, that God is our God and that he is love, we can dwell in him. And, and, and if we're dwelling in him, we're dwelling in love because God is love. And then you keep on going, verse 18 of 1 John chapter 4, it says, there is no fear in love. No fear. We're talking about how God has given us freedom from fear. We just said that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. And now we're talking about of love. Word of God says, there is no fear in love. Hallelujah. On top of that, it says, God's perfect love, God's uh uh, his, his love that doesn't make any sense. His agape, God's perfect love, it casts out all fear. Meaning, once you get a revelation of the fact that God has given you his power and he's given you his love, you can't fear. Word of God says, there is no fear in that kind of love. It says, perfected love casts out fear. Glory to God. Because fear has torment. We've already seen this in the word of God. We already saw that Jesus came on flesh and blood and he destroyed him that had the power of death, that through death, it says that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. And then it says to deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetimes subject to bondage. We can see that fear, we see it again in verse 18, fear has torment. We saw it in Hebrews chapter two and verse 15, that fear has bondage. Here we see it has torment. So we know God wants us free from fear because fear has torment. It wants to terrorize. Fear wants to make you feel like you're a hostage, like those hostage, hostages were in that synagogue. That's the spirit of fear. And God came to deliver us from fear. Do you know that if, if somebody is trying to intimidate you, somebody walks up on you and they're trying to tell you that you ain't this, and you ain't that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, right? But, but, but when you love them, I'm not afraid of them. When you love somebody, it melts the fear of that person. Admit it, that negative sense. It melts that fear, you know? I'm not afraid of my children. I love my children. 
you know? Even now, my son is taller than me. Not afraid of my son. I love my son. You know, I remember my son was a little baby. I remember my son was carried in my wife's womb, you know? My children are not afraid of their father. They love their father. I'm gentle with my children. I love my children. I'm going to put my arms around my children. I'm going to kiss my children. My wife is not afraid of her husband. My wife knows I'm not going to, I will never strike my wife. My wife knows I love her. She knows I'm going to embrace her. I'm going to be there for her when she hurts. I'm going to try to fix it when she's crying. I'm going to try to make it so that she's never unhappy. I know that's unrealistic, but I want to make sure she's never unhappy. So when somebody is, is loving somebody, and if you allow that love to be perfected and mature, like it says here in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfected love, it will cast out fear. Glory to God. You know, I want to tell you right now, if the spirit of fear is trying to be in your life, you really don't even have a fear problem. You might have a power of God understanding problem. You might have a love problem, you know, but because the word of God says that perfected love will cast out fear. You don't even have to do anything about that fear. You get perfected in the love of God. And if you love God the way God wants, the way the, way the Lord um, is, is worthy of our love, it's hard to fear other, anything in your life. It's hard to be afraid of cancer because I know the Lord loves me. It's hard to be afraid of what I'm going to do about these problems in my life because I know the Lord loves me. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid about being insufficient on the inside. I don't have to be afraid about, you know, not being as good as that preacher, you know, is not being as, as eloquent as that preacher. I don't have to be afraid of, you know, not being as seemingly as good of a husband as that one or as good of a dad as that one. I just, I, but if I focus on love and if I just know the Lord loves me and I love my wife, so I want to be a good husband. I love my, my children, so I'm going to be a good father. I love the people that God has entrusted me to in the realm of the spirit, so I'm going to be a good pastor. Hallelujah. Then that casts out fear. I don't have to be intimidated. I can be secure. You know, th- this is so powerful because the word of God says, you know, th- Paul told Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and love, you know? And then, and then it says uh, a sound mind. And sound mind, you know what that is? That's security. That's a sense of security. That's a sense of well-being and peace. God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has given you and I his spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. God has delivered you from phobia spirit. He's delivered you from the spirit of terror. Somebody at the under the sound of my voice, you have night terrors. You have nightmares or, or you have bad dreams. Some people are afraid to get up in the, in the middle of the night because they feel like something is pressing them down, like something is in their room. You know, something is in their closet or under their bed or, or they feel like they saw a figure move, you know, you know it, it, in the corner of their eye. You know, that is a spirit of fear and God has given you authority over that spirit of fear. And you can tell that spirit of fear, I command you, in the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, go from me. God has not given me. You didn't come from the spirit of God. So I resist you in the name of Jesus. And I receive the spirit of power, which is the spirit of God, and the spirit of love, which is the spirit of God, and a sound mind, which is certainly the spirit of God. That's the spirit of peace and tranquility. That's, that's the spirit of a sense of well-being God has given you. You know, in this, instead of, of fear, God has given you faith. You know, instead of death, God has given you life. Instead of cursing, God has given you blessing. Hallelujah. God wants you free from the spirit of fear. He wants you free from the torment that comes with it, from the paralysis that comes with it. You know, you know when you're paralyzed, you feel like you can't move. We said that last week, that sometimes people have those night terrors where they're having a, a bad dream, and in their dream, they can't walk. Or if they can walk, they can't run. You know, or if they can run, they, they run, but they're not going anywhere. And meanwhile, there is something that's in pursuit that's about ready to catch them and they can't seem to escape it. That is the spirit of fear. That's paralysis. God has delivered you from that. You're having dreams about fear. You're having night terrors. You feel like you see things out of the corner of your eye. God has given you his love. You know, God has given you his presence and his power. You know, one of the best things that you can do when fear is trying to lord over you, I'm closing and trying to overwhelm you one of the best things that you can do 
is just begin to worship God. I want to just make a couple of points here as we close. Um, God is God has given you, a, one of the things about fear is that God has given you a choice not to fear. Fear is a choice, just like faith is a choice. And that's why the spirit of God is telling, that's why the spirit of God is talking through Paul and telling Timothy, hey, uh, hey Timothy, listen, God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's giving you love, power, and the sound of mind. First Timothy chapter one and verse seven. But then we see it in the old covenant. We see in the old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, that fear is a choice, uh, just like death. And uh, blessing, you know, uh, God has given us life for death. God has given us blessing for cursing. Deuteronomy chapter 30, we already read this. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. We just said that fear over faith is a choice, just like life over death is a choice, just like blessing over cursing is a choice. And how do we know fear is a choice? Because all throughout the word of God, Jesus is telling us, God is telling us through his prophets all throughout the word. He's saying, fear not. He's saying, don't be afraid. For God to tell you, don't be afraid. That means you have a choice. You know, you cannot be afraid or you can be afraid. You can be subject to fear or you can tell fear, I resist you. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to show you in the word. Genesis chapter 15, verse one. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not. Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I'm closing. Genesis chapter 26 and 24. And the Lord appeared unto him and the, and the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee. Hallelujah. You don't have to be afraid because the Lord is with you. Love is with you. Power is with you sound mind is with you that's why you don't have to fear because the lord is with you the lord is power he is love he is sound mind fear not for i am with thee i will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant abraham's sake oh you don't believe me psalm chapter 56 and verse eight, uh, four in god i will praise his word in god i have put my trust i will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Why? Because in God, I will praise his word. I will put my trust in him. One of the things that you can do to address fear when it's starting to overwhelm you is start praising God, start worshiping God, start praying, start praying in the spirit. Word of God says when you pray in the spirit, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And we know that that faith is, that's the opposite of fear. That's working with the spirit of God. So prayer, praise, worship. So Psalm 56 and verse four, and God, I will praise his word. And God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Mm, glory to God. Isaiah chapter 43, verse five, one of my favorites. Fear not, for I am with thee. Hallelujah. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. But it says, fear not, I am with thee. Glory to God. And then I want to read one more. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. And then it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong. He says, be strong and of a good courage. It's a choice. It says, be not afraid. It's a choice. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. This word dismayed means heart failure. Not necessarily physically, but it can mean physically. What we're talking about in the emotional sense, you know, figuratively, heart failure, meaning, you know, your confidence has broken down. You are prostrate in the negative sense. You are prostrate from fear, not from the reverence of Almighty God. You are down because you are afraid. You are in confusion. You are in amazement. You are um, a fright. You are beat down, discouraged. That's what dismay means. It means heart failure. It means you're down, you're frighted, you're discouraged, you're confounded. I want to be uh, transparent. I have my days when I feel a little discouraged about how this is going, how this ministry is going, but I'm not going to listen to that fear because I know the spirit of God is moving. Spirit of God is speaking. 
I just got to keep following the spirit of God. I just got to make sure when I hear him speaking that I say what he told me to say. I got to make sure I show up every week, whether y'all show up or not, I'm going to show up because the spirit of God told me to. And he told me, don't be afraid because I can't see anybody. Don't be afraid because I don't have a building. Don't be afraid because, you know, we can't interact because the most important thing is that the word goes forth. And if the word goes forth, hallelujah, when the word goes forth, then God will deliver. Hallelujah. He sent his word and his word delivered. God has made you free from fear this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you're listening. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. We're going to worship the Lord. Under the sound of my voice, I ask you, Lord God, to encourage their hearts right now. I thank you, Lord, for the authority that you have given them over the spirit of fear, which has intimidation, which has terror, which has dread, which has uh, uh, torment. God, I thank you that you have given your people freedom from fear. Hallelujah. Even as Jesus said that he beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, that that fear has fallen out of our lives. It's been launched. It's been dismissed. It's been rejected. It's been evicted from our lives, just like, just like Satan fell like lightning from the presence of God. Lord, I give you glory and praise that fear is, has no place in your people's lives. I give you glory, Father God, that you have made us free from fear, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we thank you, Father God, that he who the Lord, she who the Lord makes free from fear, they are free from fear indeed. God, I give you praise that your faith is alive in your people. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And we give you glory and praise, Father God, that we are led beside the green pastures of your word all this week and led beside the still waters of your spirit all this week. I want to encourage you in the name of Jesus, stay in the word, stay in prayer, find yourself in God's presence and do a little fasting this week. You know, even if it's just one meal, even if it's your favorite show, even if it's, you know, um, not going to the mall or maybe somebody needs to fast from Amazon. And what you want to do is take that thing that you usually do that you're going to fast and give that to God, give that time to God, give that resource to God, you know, give that uh, intensity to God, give that passion to God, instead of that normal thing, fast, and let's give that time, that thing, that money, whatever it is, give that to God, and watch what the Spirit of God will do in your life. We love you. We'll see you next week. Lord bless you.